0: Hey, so, uh, good morning. It's been a long time since I did a Jennifer Speaks 10-Minute Podcast. It's because I've been quite busy, not because I've had lack of uh, topics or um, issues that I've had with all the things that go on in in, in politics, pop culture, and and, um, policy, and just, Just generally, there's always something to talk about. But I just thought I'd hop on this morning really quick to address um, something that's going on in one of my Facebook groups. Um, If you are an online media creator content um, marketer, growth hacker, or anyone who creates anything online or who makes a living off of marketing to people digitally or online or just in general. Um, you, it's a good idea to become a member of various different Facebook groups or maybe meetup groups, maybe LinkedIn groups. And the beauty of the sharing economy is people share everything. They share their stories. They share ideas tips, news articles, um, just um, you know, resources with one another. And you can learn a lot. It's like going to school. You no longer necessarily need to actually go to university or college to learn. You can learn from one another. And the practical experience is so much more valuable, so much better um, than just learning from a book or textbook, um, the theory. Anyway, so that being said, so I'm in a group with some black women bloggers. I'm in groups with microbloggers. I'm a group with um, old mode bloggers, and other great thing about being in those groups is that you also learn how much people are being offered and paid for campaigns. And one thing I've learned recently from that experience is that people are paid um, what people value with them. I've seen a lot of bloggers. Um, I've seen a lot of bloggers of. Of, who have a certain level of, of, of influence, whether being a long, large social media following or their page views for their blogs um, are paid a certain amount depending on how much they value. So I've seen mode bloggers who have maybe 30,000 share how they were offered $600 dollars for a post or $800 a post or $1,000 a post. Meanwhile, in my Black Women Bloggers group, women with similar followings with similar followings are being offered something like $50 or $100 or $25 to reach out to their market. Their marketers, influential people, their market, they just have a large group, but it's because the brands do not value who the people they're reaching out to or they don't value them. Like as a black woman blogger, my audience for one of my brands is, is general. It's not race specific, but once the person realizes I'm a, you know, a black woman, sometimes I feel like I'm offered less money um, where if they didn't know who the race of the person was, they'll come to the brand and they'll say, oh, we see a nice brand, we have a nice blog, we want to offer such and such amount of money, but the minute they, I send them my press kit and they see that it's a black behind it all of a sudden they're not interested anymore or they're offering less money and it's not necessarily because they don't value me or the brand it's because they don't they don't value the brand or the market they just the brand value us as much they don't see us as the picture and that is because um that's just how it is so I'm on this group and we're talking about it and someone shares an article from two th- recent, like from February 2016, which says, and we've seen these type of articles before. The black people are the tastemakers, you know. In 2015, they're the ones establish all the cultural trends. That's not new. But what the articles tries to suggest is that even though it's not new, because of the success of things like um, Scandal and Blackish and other things, that marketers are now actually watching what these folks are and know that there's a big market and they're coming after and they're paying. And that may be true for the most part, just for people who are indeed targeting the black audience, the black market, that's fine. But for generally, in terms of fashion trends and culture, I noticed that a lot of the campaigns do not have black faces and that's not because they don't value them. It's because their audience, they don't think their audience can relate. And here's an example of it. I love this new app called Musical.ly. I'm always on Musical.ly because I think it's fun. It's a lip-syncing app. You can take your favorite songs or you can lip-sync over you know, Vine skits or whatever like that and put your own spin on it and just share it. And some people will like it and whatever. It's no big deal. You know, people don't, a few people got famous off of that, but I just like it because it's fun. It's a nice mental break to do that once in a while. So I do it. I did notice when I first got on there that the majority of people on there are white women, I mean, white kids, like age maybe nine to maybe 14, perhaps, maybe, you know, a little bit older. There's not a lot of older kids on it. So it's really little kids. The other thing that's interesting is a lot of the songs on them that are popular are rap songs. And so you see these little white kids, suburban kids, lip syncing over songs. They have the word nigga, N-I-G-G-A in it often. And it's, it, it's disturbing to see, but, you know, whatever. It is what it is. But... The reason why I say that is because that just shows how those children are influenced by rap and they're interested by black culture but they're not necessarily interested because they want to be those rappers or whatever. They just think it's cool. So even though a black community or a black blogger or a black fashion person may create or initiate a trend um, and put it out there, it's not going to necessarily they, the people who pay for campaigns don't necessarily see it valuable coming from that black blogger. They'll take the, what the black blogger is putting out and they'll build a campaign around Hadid or Or, you know, a man paler or, you know or um, um, so one of those other it girl bloggers around the same, they'll be saying the same thing, the black bloggers are saying, but they'll pay them and build a campaign around it because they feel like the black bloggers are creating the trends, but they're not going to be able to sell the trends. They're going to need to get a white person to sell the trends that black people create. So that's really a bit disturbing, but it is what it is, you know, and that's just, I mean, that's just how it is. It's always been that way. You know, if you look, go back to marketing, advertising 50 years um, beyond and before, that's just how it is. People just don't think that folks can relate. And if someone can't relate because, because it's not their culture, um, you know. Brands don't want to intimidate or, or or antagonize who they're trying to reach out to. So you know that's that's. I mean that's just it is just what it is. And I just saw one person say, "Well, then since we're influential, they need to start paying us." It's kind of like, "No, they will pay a few of the popular bloggers for the most part to do that, um, and then and for the ones you know who are targeting like you know the, the blackish followers. Yes, they, they'll pay them. They will, but." Um, for the most part, generally, I think like with I think Kylie Jenner pop in in the Kardashians popularizing cornrows. Like we've been wearing cornrows forever. Nobody's ever paid us to build a campaign for hair products, you know, around cornrows ever. But let like Kylie Jenner wear cornrows, all of a sudden they're paying her money to wear cornrows and wear a certain, you know, apply some I don't know Pantene or whatever in the hair. Say she's wearing Pantene before she starts putting cornrows in her hair, you know, and they're, they're gonna call it boxer braids. So anyway, so that's just. That is just how it is, and so I I have no any input or how you change that. Um, I just someone was saying well, we just command money is kind of like, no you can't command money when people just don't value you. What you need to do is have a monumental culture shift where people either are hiring folks and power who a mix of color or you have to convince the people of, to be in power that um, you know, there's value in actually hiring and paying the originators of the, of the trends, that people are actually watching the originators of trends and they're making decisions based on the originators, that so they don't necessarily need a white face in order to be influenced. But I think the, the the brands believe that's the case. They believe they need a white face in order to influence. They don't realize that young children, days aren't necessarily saying, well, I'm not going to select that person because you know, they're white. It's, it's kind of like a self-fulfilling prophecy. They put white influencers and they pay them and then they're the ones the are most successful and then they just tell themselves, well, that's who we need to pay, but it's not necessarily true. It's just that you already... Per, 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 Project that they're the ones the most successful, and so that's who you go look for, and that's who you pay, and then you know, and then they do have the effect because they have all the money that you throw at them, you know. So, there's no saying, there's no way for you to know if whether or not a black blogger or a brown blogger will be able to have the same impact unless you test them out, you know. And they, they're just not tested out, so it's never ever gonna change. And so, the hypocrisy then of the community, I feel those people in that I mean, that's just, that's just how it is, and they should never ever criticize other trends or other markets as being Discriminatory or as being unfair or inequitable because we all, they all do it, and that's just life in America. (laughs) So I know it sounds militant, it sounds, um, I don't know, um, you know, I guess uh, pessimistic, but. Um, it's just how it is. I just have no <laughs> hope or faith that it's gonna change. And the only thing I can say is that for those of you in that community, is just to diversify the way you make income and don't rely on it. You know, don't, you're not gonna get rich off of that. You have to build your own product, build your printables, your eBooks, your e-courses, your web courses, whatever you're gonna do to sell, a market your brand, um, other ways. When they, whether it's affiliate marketing, whether it's ad marketing. thing about ad marketing is that um, the ads they just count the clicks and the numbers. So you're gonna get paid off the clicks and the numbers. So um, you know, now another story would be whether or not there's a ad um whether an ad campaign says they don't want to be on urban blogs, that's another issue for another day. But for the most part, if you have an AdSense account and you just, you know, you just get clicks per mile, the clicks don't know what the race or the gender or any socioeconomic standing of the people who are clicking, they just know they're being clicks. And still, so, same thing with affiliate marketing. You have a an audience that follows you, that's loyal and follow, you know, you can make a lot of money off of affiliate sales. So between affiliate marketing, advertising, selling on products I think that's the way that, and then at some point, if enough Black and Brown bloggers become highly, highly, highly successful from pushing their own things, then maybe the audience, maybe the market will shift and they will recognize. Okay, then maybe they can sell on their own. It's kind of like books. Like you know, you have to go independent, create your own book, sell a certain number of units before you can convince a publisher or um, or book agent that you maybe you know it'll be worth going ahead and hiring you and taking you on as a client. Because you have to prove yourself first. Because you know, you know, once the industry doesn't recognize your value. You have to prove your value first and so maybe that's what black and brown browns need to do we just need a lot of us to become successful being independently successful and then they'll get it but until then it's just status quo and business as usual so you know anyway that's it don't i don't know take take for what you take from it but i didn't want to put that out there on in my 10 minute podcast and i think it's gone over this let's see yeah yeah, just pretty good. Just a little bit over 10 minutes. I did well tonight. All right. Good day. It's Jennifer Speaks, um, com. Jennifer Speaks on Twitter, um, and all other places on social media. Bye.